You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. On today's episode, we talk about prioritizing care when practicing functional nursing. So stay tuned. Hello, nurses, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. My name is Bridget Sager, and I'm your host. I'm a functional nurse practitioner, and I teach functional medicine for nurses through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. I have had over 500 nursing and nurse practitioner students now uh, go through the course and Something that has come up so often that I think we should talk about in an episode is prioritizing care. And if you have practiced functional medicine for very long, you already know that this can be a really big challenge. Um, So for me, when I get an intake on a patient, I will kind of map out what I'm seeing and and make some connections and decide what we're going to do in our first visit together. And... Sometimes you can see so many potential avenues to go down that it can feel really overwhelming to decide where to start. And my students in the course often struggle with this. And so they'll they'll get really excited about everything they're learning and start applying it to clients that they're already working with or patients that they're they're caring for. And they kind of hit a roadblock when they're not sure where to start. When you learn functional medicine, you really see so many potential things that you could help people with. And there's always room to improve health, but we want to help people achieve results quickly. And that can be really motivating when we ask people to make changes that have really gradual improvements that can sometimes be discouraging. Whether people have partnered with a functional medicine practitioner or not, we do live in a society where people tend to want to see instant results. If you have practiced functional medicine for very long, then you know that uh, the elimination diet is the gold standard and one of our most powerful tools that we use in functional medicine. I tend to use this with almost every new client, unless there's a reason not to, or they've recently done an elimination diet maybe. Um, Otherwise, it's top of my list for priority. We talk about the five R's in functional medicine and the remove step tends to be the most powerful for most people when we take away the thing that is causing their health concern. Sometimes that can be a combination of things, but when we're able to remove the offending cause, that can really lead to some significant improvement in symptoms. If you have guided someone through an elimination diet or you've done one yourself, then you already know that if a food is the cause of your health concern and it is at the root or part of the root, then you start to feel better pretty quickly. And what I see for people We talk often in functional medicine about the half-life of food being around the three-week mark. And so I tend to see people start to feel better often in the first week or two, but by week three, people can have some really significant improvement in their symptoms. So I think the elimination diet can be challenging and using skills like nurse coaching skills that many of my students have um, can be helpful in approaching such a challenging endeavor for people. Um, maybe modifying it in a way that makes it doable for somebody or talking through what their barriers might be. But starting with an elimination diet is almost always something that I prioritize when I start working with a new client. 
We talk a lot about stress and sleep and the impact of stressors in our lives on our health in functional medicine. And recently I was talking to students about hormone balance. Um, Many times when I get a new client, I will have them be really interested in getting their hormones uh, evaluated and maybe they're looking to get Dutch testing done. But the truth is that that for me is really far downstream. Hormone imbalances are not typically the root cause of, of anyone's health concern. In reality, there tends to be something upstream that's causing that imbalance and we can address that. A lot of the time it is related to our really fundamental nursing approaches to functional medicine where we are looking at somebody's lifestyle, their stressors, their uh, food choices, and helping to remove uh, any of those uh, potential physical stressors, causes of inflammation. So I find that putting hormones on the back burner promising my clients that that there's probably something upstream that we need to address and um, partnering with them in that way, providing some education, we can step back from the hormones and take a look at something upstream. Stress and sleep are almost always at the top of my list. And so those are things that I prioritize in first visits frequently. I ask my clients to upload lab work from the last two years. I try to avoid anything more than that uh, unless there's a special circumstance um, because it it can be too much. Um, But there's so much to be gained from just looking at their basic lab work from the last two years. And I can really target some priorities there. But regardless, I would say addressing stress and sleep and doing the remove step when when able in the first visit or two um, can be really impactful. The other thing is, you know, people will come to us with a myriad of problems and we can have some really complex health stories and that can feel overwhelming for a new functional nurse practicing in functional medicine. And I encourage you in those times to recognize that we are still going to work on the fundamentals. The prevalence of nearly every chronic health condition has increased over the last hundred years or more, and it isn't due to our genetics. It is not due to a deficiency in prescription medication or a lack of fancy testing. The reason for this increase is our modern lifestyles, and we don't need fancy testing, supplements, um, or prescription medications to address this in most circumstances. What we need to do is address the root, which in the majority of cases is going to be lifestyle, stress, sleep, removing the things that are causing the problem for the person and working through the five R's in functional medicine. So nurses are the perfect partners for this. And I encourage you, if you are encountering a patient with a complex medical history, to remember this and to always keep it in mind that there's nothing fancy that has caused this problem and there is not anything fancy that is going to fix it. It is lifestyle. It is nutrition. It is remove. Um, You know, sometimes, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, we do need to use some long-term supplementation of nutrients that are lacking in our diet. But uh, in reality, you know, we may use some short-term ones to tune up somebody. They might have some dysbiosis, something going on in their body that we're going to use supplements to calm or treat. But long-term, our goal is for people to not need a ton of supplements, to not need a bunch of expensive tests or prescription medications. 
and to optimally be on maybe a few supplements that I have mentioned before, but things like vitamin D3, magnesium is lacking in our soil and our food supply, things like that we can we can plan on having uh, as part of our plan long term. But we really need to address lifestyle if we're going to reverse and address root cause for people's health challenges and focus on longevity and optimizing their wellness. The other thing that I think is important to mention when we're talking about this topic is what is the patient willing to do? A lot of my students, as I mentioned, are nurse coaches. And so we have skills in helping people meet goals that they have for themselves. But it can be really challenging to approach a patient that does not have any motivation for change. In my practice, my patients have sought me out and they're ready. And uh, typically they want to know, you know, what are the right foods to eat and what tests can we do to kind of take a look under the hood. But we might find that their challenge is actually something that's a little bit more difficult. The root cause is something that they're not ready to address. And that is definitely when I use my nurse coaching skills. A lot of nurse coaches practice functional medicine without realizing it as they as they help people through um, their health journey and improving their uh, their choices for self-care, food choices, reducing stress in their life, focusing on meditation and um, increasing awareness in the, in this aspect. So when we're practicing functional medicine, I, I find it can be challenging if we walk into an initial visit with somebody. We've looked at their intake. We know what they should do first, right? That's a really natural thing as a nurse. When we're a nurse in a clinic or hospital setting and we see that a patient has diabetes, as nurses, we tend to say, okay, I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to make sure that they are checking their blood sugars and, you know, that they're compliant with whatever the plan of care was from their last visit. And when we shift to nurse coaching, when we shift to functional medicine, we realize that the patient is their own primary care provider. We can give them education to help them make different choices, but they are responsible for their own health. We're not walking in the room telling them what to do anymore. And so to circle back to that first visit, right, I've done an intake on a patient. I've gone through all their paperwork. I'm ready for that first visit with them where I'm going to ask some more questions to fill in gaps and talk through their timeline together. I might have a really great idea of what I want them to leave that visit wanting to do, but that doesn't mean that it is the same plan that they have for themselves or what they would be willing to do first. And so I think when we talk about prioritizing care, it's really important to acknowledge that we can have a plan for what the patient should do in our opinion, in our, in our professional opinion, but that might not be where they're willing to start. And so sometimes we do need to adapt the plan to be something that they can be successful in, that they are motivated to change. One way that I evaluate this is on my intake form that they complete before our first visit. I have them mark on a Likert scale where they kind of do like a zero to 10 numerical scale. Like how likely are you to change this topic, you know, how how motivated are you? And so it asks about things like how likely are you to change your food plan, um, your lifestyle, your amount of physical activity. And so by gaining insight into how motivated they are to change in those topics, I have a pretty good idea of whether what I would want to recommend starting with at their first visit would land well. And the last thing that we want to do in that first visit is 
scare somebody off by overwhelming them with too much, right? We have to be simple um, about how we approach things. So we don't want to give them five tasks to go home and do that completely changes their lifestyle. Um, Sometimes we need to start with small changes because that is what is most uh, achievable for them. And we want to be able to celebrate wins at every follow-up visit when possible. But we also want to have some awareness of of what they're willing to do. So I think that using a scale like that on your intake form can be really helpful or just being really honest and asking, you know, providing some education in each visit and then saying, how do you feel about what we just talked about? Where do you feel like there's room for change based on what I just told you? And how willing are you to make those changes? What do you feel like might get in your way that we could troubleshoot today? Or what is something that you know for sure you could be successful in based on what we just talked about that we could celebrate at your next visit and go from there? So those are some suggestions for how to determine what might be something that a uh, patient is willing to work on. Um, The other way that I evaluate this is on my intake form. I ask specifically, I write, you know, that that often people will have a sense of innately of what their their underlying root cause might be of their health concerns and that it is helpful for me when when patients are able to share this insight. And I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody write the thing that I've already been thinking the whole time I'm doing their intake. They already know it. And now they've 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 written it out on in 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 text and they see it and then they know that I'm aware of it and now we can have a real conversation about that at their first visit. And so that also gives me some insight into what direction they're willing to go in. Maybe you read that and it isn't the top thing that was on your list, but now you know that it's something that they're suspecting and that they might be willing to start with. And so choosing something that they are motivated to do and can be successful in can really end up being your top priority, I feel like. And I want to circle back just for a minute before we wrap up today and just reiterate the part about not overwhelming people. We can look at someone's intake and 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 create a timeline and and um and the matrix for functional medicine and we can see so many opportunities to improve their health, but we cannot go at them and overwhelm them in a first visit. And so I think it's really important to use that visit to provide some education and connect some dots for them, like walking through the timeline and and telling back their story to them in a way that is meaningful, where they can hear how things that have occurred throughout their lifetime have impacted their health story over time as well. That is a great thing to do in the first visit, asking the clarifying questions and then providing some education on some of the key topics. For instance, food reactions. We might want to teach them the difference between the different types of food reactions and then start to introduce the idea of the elimination diet. Whatever the education topic might be for them, it could be about stress and sleep. It could be about how we need to poop and that, you know, impaired detox pathways can really impact so much of our health. And so providing the education first and then making a few suggestions that you think could really help improve their health, talking through any challenges that they foresee in in being successful and being able to celebrate a win at the next visit, And then writing up a summary of what you talked about and sending it to them afterwards or providing it in printout if you're together um, 
in person so that they have a clear written understanding of what the plan is and when they're going to follow up. Um, after each visit with my clients, I, I write up a summary for them. And I think it's really important to touch on each of the things that you spoke of during the visit and write what the plan is that you agreed on together. When to follow up next, any maybe lab work or anything that's going to get done. I mentioned that there and instructions for it. But being in a visit can be, you know, too much information and they may seem to be actively listening, but our ability to remember everything that we hear in an encounter like that as a patient can be really challenging. So I think writing it all up is really important. And on that note, I also feel like writing any instructions about supplements really clearly. So if you're going to have them start something, you want to write about what they should anticipate there as far as improvement. Is it going to be something they notice an improvement in within a day or a month or several months? Um, that can really help with compliance. And then also to write about dosing and importance of reaching out to you if they have any concerns with it. Um, but most importantly, the thing that I see all the time when I inherit new clients that have seen other people that claim to practice functional medicine and they come to me with maybe even dozens of supplements, um, it's really remarkable. They don't know what they're for and they don't know how long they were supposed to take them. And often they are things that sadly should have been only taken for a short period of time. And the the patient has been ordering them or purchasing them locally for maybe even many years and taking it long term. And there is potential for harm there. So I think that when we're writing up a summary like this and prioritizing care for patients, we should make sure that they are fully informed of what that plan is and what to do if it's not going well. So should they follow up with you? Should they discontinue? Um, but I hope this episode has been helpful for you in coming up with a clear idea of how to approach a new patient and how to prioritize where to start. Um, the basics are almost always the right answer. And so until our next episode, be well. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine.